Hey, you can go first this time. How about that? Hey, welcome to Lifts and Riffs. My name is Schuler from Death Drive 90.5. And I am Zach, Zach the Crypt Keeper of Death Comes Lifting. And we're just super jacked up and super excited today to be talking to Carl of Memoriam and another band that you know. Yes, a band you might have heard of called Bolt Thrower. Now, obviously, everybody loves Bolt Thrower, but chapters on Bolt Thrower are closed. We are super stoked on Memoriam, who have a new record coming out. So today, we're going to be chatting with Carl about all things Memoriam. I personally am super stoked to talk to this guy. Obviously, he's been a huge part of my growth as a fan of this music. Um, been listening to his work for a very long time and I was so stoked when he came back with Memoriam after the after the demise of Bolt Thrower. Um, I definitely feel like this band sort of carries the torch for that sound while at the same time bringing something very new and very vital and very exciting um, to that formula. It's so good. Everything, everything about Memoriam is so good. Their album artwork is the coolest their whole their grand concepts everything he puts into it is just yes. it, it, it's awesome and yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to just enjoying all the crazy questions you're going to ask him and i'm just going to kick back and just kind of absorb it and that's that's my plan for today i'm gonna i'm gonna try to stick a little bit more on point i'm gonna try not to ask carl willits about like uh, uh cradle of filth yeah <laughs> I, <laughs> Maybe, maybe we won't go in that direction today, as that seems to be a, a pretty common mainstay on this podcast. We need to get fucking Danny Filth on this podcast. I, I think that's your job. It. You're the one that always brings we them up. Get, so we can get Tom uh, from Celestial Sanctuary. Next time he runs into him in the grocery store, we can get him to be like, "Hey, you want to come on this rad podcast that I did?" And Danny will be like, uh, "It's a bit shit, isn't it?" And I'll be like, "Well, whatever, you know." Well, whatever, man. It's okay. We're fine. But regarding Memoriam, I um one of the things that I want to talk to him about is the, the the writing process for all of this because there's definitely like a big change I think stylistically and production wise between their three records. Um, I I definitely think that the most recent one, Requiem for Mankind, is my favorite. I feel like every fucking song on there is like an earworm. It's super tight and and they've they've always they've put out these first three records with not much turnaround in between them like it's been really really fast so i'm curious about how the how the writing process works with them well let's hear what he has to say let's find out what carl from memoriam has to say we're probably gonna talk about beer too no I know problem I, where about you guys calling me from in america so i'm I, in east coast united states and shoulders down south yeah, so you're down towards uh, Texas way and you're towards Portland way. Opposite side. I'm more New York way. Oh, you're more New York side. Okay, okay. Excellent. How about, how about you, brother? Where are you at? We have a full triangle here across the yes. globe. Very impressive. <laughs> what about you, man? Whereabouts in the UK are you? I am at? right in the heart of the country, in the Midlands, Birmingham. Home of metal, the birthplace, oh, yes. the birthplace of metal, the home of Black Sabbath and musical uh, yes. heritage that we're very, very proud of here in Birmingham. So yeah, we're right in the heart of the country, as far away from the coast as you can possibly get. So if it comes to global warming and flooding, we're quite safe. Very nice. <laughs> does, does it make for a more pleasant weather in the heart of of the country than it does near the coast? Yeah, we, we, we're less we're less subject to the extremes, the extremities yeah. of weather here in the Midlands. Um, you know, but you know, we, I think I think because we are so you know locked away from the the coast, we all have a a certain yearning and a romantic idealism of living by the sea. And so when we go on our holidays and go to the seaside um it's you know it it makes it a little bit more special for us because we don't get to see it very often yeah and you don't have to deal with all the the well bullshit that can come with living near the coast right we my my wife and i my wife and i had romantic dreams of living on the south carolina coast and then we get to live through a hurricane and hurricanes all all this other crazy shit 
So it's nicer to be in the middle of the state now. Or locusts. Away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It's, it's a safe place to be. And yeah, so, so we've got a very proud uh, heritage of music that comes from us. We've got, and because we're in the middle of the country, we're not, um, you know, so we're not kind of like London. You know, everyone associates, you know, London with the UK. But because we are from the middle, Midlands, we've got a very independent sense of, uh, of our identity up here. We're not Northerners. We're not Southerners. We are in the middle, right in the in the centre, in the heart of the country. Say Meriden, which is the uh, the geographical heart of the country, is only about you know five or six miles away from where I live. So uh, there you have it. That is my geographical location. You can check me out on your US GPS, whatever it is. <laughs> we yes, we are Americans. We're Americans, so we are very ignorant regarding the geography of other countries. Just built into <laughs> who we are. Speaking of, um, so you mentioned sort of a a, a very solid identity around where you come from and I, and I feel like that is very much reflected in the music that you've made over your career specifically with Memoriam um yeah. you guys are getting ready to release your new record uh very much a uh a proud heritage I think that comes along with the musical style that you guys have carried through that can you talk a little bit about what went into the creation of this record how much did lockdown figure into it how much did your past work figure into it? That kind of thing. Love to hear about that. Very good question to kick off with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, we've always with Memoriam, we've always kind of like um, drawn, we've always drawn to our heritage. You know, I mean, it's a pretty much a project where we've we've kind of like, we're feeding back on, on the things that inspired us to want to be in bands in the first place. So we kind of continually you know, experimenting and trying out new things and using all these influences from the past to kind of create what we're doing. And we've done that, you know, throughout the kind of catalogue of, of albums we've done with Memoriam. You know, some, you know, some more successful than the others. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But we're quite prepared as a band to uh, experiment and try out new things. We're not really kind of set by this, any like set formulas or, or kind of like, you know, parameters. You know, we, we have got a pretty much clear area and board to work on and, we, and that's what makes the creativity of what we're doing you know pretty special you know i think we kind of like see it took us maybe until the last album requiem for mankind to kind of define ourselves as a band i think very much by the, with the by the time we got to the, to our third album you know i think you find that with a lot of bands regardless of of what you've done in the past it takes a, a long time for bands to gel and find themselves you know you know we're always going to be judged um, you know, regardless, you know, it, it's, it comes with the turf. You know, we're always going to be judged by what we've done in the past. You know, we, we like it or not, that's it comes it comes with what we do. Uh, you know, we're always going to be judged by saying, oh, you know, we, we sound a bit too much like the bands you've done in the past or you don't sound enough like the bands you've done in the yeah. past. It's a battle you can never win, you know. So it's a, it's almost a discourse that we, ne- we don't, we try not to engage with because we, at the end of the day, we're just doing what we want to do on our own terms and we're enjoying it you know we're having a great time doing it we're really thankful to have this opportunity at this point in our careers to be able to do this you know and without doing what we've done in the past you know we wouldn't have been able to do that we are we're aware of that so so yeah we take that on board but we are trying to find ourselves and i think we did i say we did our last album so we could have quite easy you know got into the studio I think what made the last album, what made, what helped us find what we were looking for and what made that sound of, of memorial was essentially working directly with Russ, Russ Russell and going to Parlour Studio. He really had a, a clear idea of what we, who we were and what we were trying to achieve. And he kind of like joined up all the missing bits to, to the jigsaw and, uh, and, and did that. But yeah, so we could have quite easily created another uh, Requiem for Mankind part two, you know, because it went well and we were pleased with it and that was the blueprint to work with. But, um, you know, we ne- no, we're not really a band that's going to do that. We ne- we're not going to kind of rest on our laurels. We kind of, we want to carry on, you know, exploring and kind of drawing on references from the past and, and taking these influences that have made us want to be in bands in the first place. And, and so we kind of carried on that creative spirit with this new album. Uh, and I think that's really kind of like, it's evident within within this album because it's, it's the, the key term to describe if anything else uh, of this album is it's very diverse. It's got a, a, a wide range of musical influences involved in this, more so than than any other album we've done before. I think that comes a lot with confidence 
and the fact that we have defined our sound and we're now happy to move on with that and develop that sound. So that's one huge factor. You know, there's so many different songs with different variations and different tones and textures and influences that are evident on the album, which I hope you've probably heard by now. Yes. Yes. That helps. That helps. That does help. But, you know, um, so that's one major, major factor. But, uh, you know, you, you kind of mentioned there, you know, the, the impact of COVID. Um, that's had a huge, huge, huge influence on, on where we've got to, where, where, where we're at uh, with this album. I think, um, in a way, without that kind of like um, that time and space, that we had to kind of like work on this album, you know, to kind of work on the sounds and, and, and reflect on what we were doing. It probably may have not have been come out the way it did, you know, because, you know, last, last March, you know, everything was the world, you know, was got trundling along quite nicely. March, you know, that's 2020. We were in the process of, um, of, you know, promoting Requiem for Mankind. We had a really, you know, pretty busy, hectic, um, you know, calendar of gigs lined up for 2020. You know, we're never going to go on the road and tour extensively for long periods of time. We're not going to jump in a tour bus and do three weeks on the road. That That, that is beyond us. We tour on it. We do gigs on our own terms. So we, we you know, we, we are quite busy, though. You know, every other weekend we we jump on a plane and do a couple of shows to maybe one, two, three shows, you know, uh, in a territory in Germany, in, mainly in mainland Europe. Um before Brexit, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's another story. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's what we were doing, and that's what we had lined up for 2020, and it kicked off really well. We did a fantastic show in London in January. We did a couple of really good shows in Denmark in March, and then all of a sudden, Brexit, not Brexit, uh, COVID, COVID yeah. happened. Um, COVID happened, and you know the world. As we knew it, you know, ceased to be, you know, everything came to a, a massive grinding halt. And um, and here we are, you know, a year on down the line. You know, all those gigs that were cancelled from last year have been uh, rescheduled for this year. And a majority of those, once again, have been rescheduled again for next year because we're still in that period where we just don't know what's happening you know it's still kind of a big gray area and yeah there, there is a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel here in, in the uk we've had some 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 movement and some direction from the government which says that you know gigs may or may not stay start again towards the end of summer but until then you know it's still complete you know there are no shows we haven't done a show since march 2020 and um you know that was quite devastating in many respects but but yeah, on the flip side, on the upside, it did give us plenty of space and plenty of time mm-hmm. to uh, to focus and write this new album. We, we, we knew we were scheduled, we, yeah, we were booked into Parlour Studios to record uh, to the end in um, in October 2020. So we knew that was the the, uh, the schedule, the, the time scale we had to work to. And because we didn't have any shows to do, you know, because that's really what takes up a lot of your time. You know, you can't you kind of rehearse yeah. to do shows, then you go on to do shows, and then the normal the way well, it always works in bands. It's what you know, for the past 30 years, it's the way it's always worked for me. So you'd be busy doing shows and gigs and touring or whatever, and then six to eight weeks before you go to the studio, you, you shut up shop, you think, right, okay, we've got a new album to record, let's focus on that. And so you spend you know, a couple of months just concentrating on that, and then it gets done. Uh, and in that respect, yeah, it's great. That's the way it works. But for me, you know, it's always like the vocals are kind of always follow the music. So I'm always writing the lyrics once the once the music's completed. So often that means that I'm writing the lyrics at the very you know, the twelfth, yeah, the eleventh or twelfth hour. You know, once we, you know, a week before we're doing the studio, or, or you know, when we're in the studio while we're recording. So I never get chance to kind of really test it out or or, or see how the ideas I have in my head actually pan out once I get to set to record them. So, you know, this time round, yeah, with no uh, distractions uh, in place, we had a, a clear schedule to, uh, to work, you know, a good six months really to work on the new album. So the songs, uh, the music side of things was all completed by, you know, the summer, you know, June, July time, that was all done, which, you know, it gave me a good couple of months to work on the lyrics, which was great. Yeah, you know, I've never had that opportunity before, and um, 
So yeah, I kind of like wrote, wrote a first set of lyrics and then I scrapped those and wrote the second set and pulled out the ones that I wanted to keep and changed them around and you know kind of made a nice spread of the uh, the, the, the lyrical themes that um, that I used for the album. But more importantly, you know, in, in August, you know, in August September time, just before we were going to go into record uh, the album, I actually had the opportunity for the first time in my life to to go and uh, demo. The, uh, the vocals for, for for the album I think and that, I think that really really helped in the uh, the pre-production the preparation of this album you know I actually went over to Scott's studio Riff Central Studios and um, demoed all the vocals so you know a I had a chance to work on the the timing and the structures and the, and the delivery style so I knew you know that what I had in my head, I could do, you know, I could actually deliver it. Yeah, and, or, or if I couldn't, I could work with it and change it around uh, in advance of going into the studio. And, uh, yeah, it also meant that when we entered the studio, the, the rest of the band had a demo with all the vocals in place, you know, which is the first time really. So they could actually adjust what they were doing to fit around yeah. the vocals. And I think all those contributive factors really have added up to make the album what it is. You know, it's, a, it's kind of like... Uh, really is a step, a big step forward for us, you know, a big, a, a big progression for us. And, and that, a lot of it's down to the fact that we had plenty of time to prepare yeah. and we were really confident in our ability to do what we're doing and we're really, really in a good place. So, you know, yeah, millions have died across the planet as a result of, um, of COVID, but, you know, we've, we've come out with quite a good album. So, you know, it's not all bad. <laughs> that is, now that's the silver lining that's the optimism that we're that's, that's the were, it's not all bad yeah. it's not all bad. covid it's not all bad so, there were um there are a couple of things there that i that i'm really interested in that i want to follow up on I've, I've been a big fan of your work for a very long time one of the things that i think um is particularly unique about your lyrical approach with memoriam and onward um, is how you take sort of this, this well-tread topic in old school death metal, which oftentimes is war, right? But I feel like the way that you talk about it is much more human and much more emotional. I feel like it comes from um, a much more vulnerable place than necessarily the, you know, line them up and shoot them down type yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, so it's, surprising, it's surprising to me that you say that you're just now getting the chance to really take a long time to, to put that kind of work into a record because of COVID, right? Because all this stuff feels very meticulous and thought out. Um, yeah. So what's your lyrical process like? Well, when that, when this is it. You know, I can, you know, I can shit songs about war. You know, I can, that's what I do. <laughs> you know, I, I can, I can, I've done it for the past 30 years and I'm, I'm pretty confident sure. in my ability to write songs. From that third person perspective, never glorifying or, or yeah, kind of like, or, or denying it or decrying right. it. It's just a, yeah, very matter of fact. Often, you know, kind of like um, in the past, I've kind of like uh, addressed that subject matter from a third person perspective, from, an, from a very much from an outsider's perspective. But I feel now, as I've got a little bit older, a bit more um, yeah, confident maybe in my ability and things have changed and developed, that I can get inside these kind of like characters really and write really right from, from the first person perspective, which is something I really enjoy doing. Um, but, you know, I mean, war lyrics are really important. You know, it's part of, of, what, of what I've always done and it's something that I always do. And it's, it's something that people kind of expect as well, you know, so much so that, that when I say that, uh, uh, yeah, when I was writing the lyrics to, uh, to the album uh, back in August time, I kind of, I, I got to the end of um, writing my first set of, dra of draft lyrics and, uh, you know, I kind of put them down and I, I read through them all. And I went, yeah, they're okay. They're good. But I was totally, totally immersed with, what was going on in the world around us completely, you know, so very much uh, a political focus on, on the lyrics. So, yeah, the rise of the right wing ideology, you know, which is seen on a global basis, specifically, specifically in America, you know, the whole yeah, Trumpism. Just a little bit, yeah. Just a tiny little bit there. The whole Trumpism thing, uh, the Black Lives Matters was, was hugely in the forefront of my mind when I was writing these lyrics. It's really, it was all kicking off at that point. You know, issues such as Brexit, you know, in the UK, which is pretty much spurred by the same kind of xenophobic mentality, which, uh, which, uh, yeah, that this 
xenophobic thing, which which you know, his Trumpism is all about, and that nationalistic yeah. pride. And um, so that, that was the kind of like general kind of like focus of what where my mindset was at when I was writing these lyrics. And and I sat down and looked at them all, and I thought, oh, they're great. I quite like them. And possibly if we were going to the studio next week, that's how they're going to be, and that's what they're going to be. But we weren't. We had space. We had time. So I kind of took a step back and thought, well, you know, it's great, but I don't really want to put a whole album of overtly political uh, lyrics out. I'd like to. I, I like a blend. I like a. I like a, a kind of some kind of balance in there. So people yeah, yeah. expect some lyrics about war in there, and it and it kind of provides a nice thread of continuity, which I think is really important throughout the albums that we do, and and. It, also links into the past as well, you know, so it's really important yeah, to yeah. retain those. So I kind of pulled myself back and I kept the ones that I felt were the ones with um, the strongest kind of like political content in them, which is one of the digital singles, which has been released today, Failure to Comply. That was uh, a keeper. Uh, I rewrote some of the lyrics um, to kind of contain some, you know, traditional, you know, straight down the line songs about war, with a twist they've always got a twist they're all yeah. it's all for, for me the way that you interpret the concept of war is key to this because you know war is not just the the average you know day-to-day in in the, in the battlefield guns and stabbing them up for me you know war is what is life in respect it's the way that you you engage with the every, everyday struggles of life and moving onwards in your life and, and overcoming the problems that we all face and we all can relate to you know so that's so it's got a you know multi-level multi-faceted kind of like level of, of, of communication with with that kind of set concept but for, for me at this point in my career at this point in my life like the songs i really enjoy uh writing and the songs that i've got more you know, lyrical meaning to me, kind of like, kind of, I get more, I get, I find more rewarding. Are the songs that are just about everyday life in general, about the experiences, the ups and downs, the joys, the sorrows, you know, and you'll find that on quite a lot of the the, the songs that are featured on, on this album. As I, as I get older, I feel that I have got more experience in life and, uh, you know, I can sing about that. And, and, you know, our fan base or the people that follow us, They've grown over the past 10, 20 years with us as well, you know, and I think that people can relate to all these experiences that I sing about or, you know, I vocalise about in, in the lyrics of the album as well. So, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's, a, there's a wide range of um, a variety as, as well as being a variety of, uh, of song sounds and structures and tones and styles. There's also a variation of the, uh, the vocal content and the, uh, and the, the themes that run throughout the album as yeah. well, you know, which, which uh, keeps it alive and keeps it interesting and um, maintains the thread to the past and helps push it forward to the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I can't help but wonder how much, uh, now, as I understand it, so the first three, and I've I've got them right here. I was doing my homework. The first three memoriam, the first three memoriam records are a trilogy of sorts, right? And this new one is sort of a a new going into a new era. Um, I've got I've got old George Lucas on you. Yeah, I know we like that. Though. That's, <laughs> we, we love the we love the overarching sort of big themes. The prequel. I've decided yeah. to do a prequel. Yeah, I know. Uh, there you go. So that's what I was curious about. This is the the lyrical content seems like, as far as the concept goes, a little bit of a rebirth in a way. Um, yeah. And then you've you've said that the you know the creation of this record was different than anything that you've done before. Do you feel like you linked those two things together? Sort of the the life that you were living and the world that was taking place while this was being done. Do you feel like that filtered into the concept of the record? Uh, I think absolutely. You know, I think that, um, you know, from my perspective, the first three albums were very much born from where we started out as a band from, you know, they were born from, uh, you know, that kind of experience of, of loss and mourning from, you know, the, the catalyst was, you know, losing Martin. And that's the whole reason why, I, you know, I started doing this band, you know, and yeah, yeah. You know, several of the reasons involved, you know, yeah. Yeah. Know, frankly, using his dad and things like that. So, you know, it was born from a very dark place, and, and the whole first three albums, you know, were very much kind of like born from that experience. And the thematics that went with it were of, you know, death and loss and sorrow and mourning and grief and misery and all those kind of like things we explored throughout those three albums. And, yes. um, you know, it was, yeah, it started from a dark place, but it was, it was almost, it was a very cathartic um, experience to do that. 
you know, the, the, I think the visually the albums kind of reflect that as well. Um, the first three album covers, the central feature, the fo- focus of, of each album cover is, is very much the uh, the coffin of this this fallen kind of like icon, this this leader type figure, be what it may be to you, um, and that's what essentially is featured with that, with that throughout this that three album you know kind of story line, which I refer to now as the death cycle. You know, I think that's what we can find. And it, it came to an end like it. with the last album. It came to an end with the last album uh, as the coffin was interred and taken yeah. into the ground. And it kind of like, you know, it, it kind of left us in a position, you know, left me in a position of kind of thinking, well, you know, where do I want to take this, you know, this concept? Do I want to, you know, scrap it or start something new? Or, you know, we were kind of pretty in an open, open place. And I thought, well, you know, it's a really, really strong you know, visual kind of like um, storyline that we say we're telling here. And um, the whole impact of this kind of isolationism and COVID and, and the way it's affected us over the past 12 months, I think that's definitely had an impact on the way that I'm I'm feeling that, you know, kind of like the, the, and that lyrical inspiration kind of came about. And I had this epiphany. I thought, aha, right, okay, this is what we're going to do. A bit of a shock to the, to the lads in the band. They weren't really expecting it. Uh, <laughs> They weren't really expecting the first trilogy either, but you know that's just the way it works. So you know, it, it, I thought like this it'd be interesting. Yeah, you know, I've always had this moniker, this 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 way of living, which is you know a, a celebration of life through death metal. It's something I've always kind of constantly referred to. You know, I thought and I thought well, this is a really good opportunity to to um, to explore this central kind of like figure, you know, which is features in his state you know, state of death throughout the album. Just to visit his life in, and, and have a look at him in his life, at the kind of in, the central parts and the important times within his life uh, and explore, explore that, you know, and have a look at this celebration of celebrate life, you know, through, through life. Now. I think, you know, we've, we, there is a sense of through all we've gone through with COVID that, you know, there's got to be some kind of light at the end. It's got to be some part beyond that where we can all get together, we can all kind of celebrate and and appreciate life a bit more. You know, I think we feel a bit more connected and appreciative of the things that we've missed over the past, you know, 12 months or so. So, you know, we're moving on to this piece of artwork behind us, which is the central theme. So this is the album cover to, uh, to the end, which is the first part of the new trilogy. And as you can see, the central focus of the album cover is this person holding a glowing orb, which in a way kind of symbolizes life. Yeah, and there's light. There's, there's, some, there's light in the background. You know, for the first, it's a much lighter feeling. Okay, it, it, it retains the darkness and and uh, the detail that Dan Seagrave always does, but there's a feeling of hope. Within yes. this album cover, I think, which um, which is also kind of reflected in, in some of the lyrics that, uh, that I've written as well. So, so yeah, this is depicts the actual point in time directly before the album for the Fallen. So this is the battle where he's leading his troops into the battle, where ultimately he gets killed and then starts the uh, starts the, uh, the, the, the the death the death cycle trilogy. So here we are starting the Life Cycle Trilogy, which is going to be in reverse. So the next couple of albums that we're going to be doing are going to visit specific points in time throughout this central character's life and celebrate his life and all things to go with it. That is uh, that is super cool to me. And one of the things that I like about this is that you obviously have this concept mapped out so well. You know it so very well. And just like you said, at this point, one of the things that I sort of have come to expect from a memoriam record is this incredible Dan Seagrave artwork that seems to go so well with yeah. the lyrical themes. We've, 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 got, we've, kind of, we've almost backed ourselves into a corner with this. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good corner to be in. It is what a fantastic corner. I'm curious thing. about. I tell you, what, there it's, is a little story to go here. I mean, the fact that we, yeah. I didn't really kind of come, come up with this lyrical. I mean, I did. I had some words put down. You know, there were all these political songs. But yeah, but. Once I kind of like kind of took a step back and injected these kind of like songs, which linked it into the previous album and wrote these songs about life in general, it kind of took a bigger picture. And it was only then, really, at the end of August, beginning of September, where we kind of I came up with this theme of this this life trilogy. And um, it was at that point where we still hadn't got 
a defi- an artist because we yeah we 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 kind of we left another you know, another factory we left Nuclear Blast that was the end of our three contract album with with uh, deal with with Nuclear Blast so we were signed to to reprint them so it's a new start so we were thinking yeah. what do we want to carry on using Dan Seagrave or you know, do we want to try and explore or somewhere else and yeah we kind of had a few ideas and you know ultimately when you set your standards you know up there then you use Dan Seagrave. If ever you kind of like try to go come in with something else which is you know slightly not as good, you're automatically setting yourself up for yeah, criticism and, and a failure in retrospect. Yeah, oh, you know, great album, but the album the cover's not as good as the old ones. You know, oh yeah, day a day, they're not as good as Dan Seagrave covers they did previously. So, so you know, it, it was a no-brainer. We we had yeah. to get Dan involved in in this and continue this storyline yeah. that he so successfully. Uh, did with the previous three albums, and you know it was so, it was so late in the day that once we come up with this idea and said, "Look, Dan, Dan, <laughs> Dan, can you help us? Yeah, <laughs> um, we need an al- we need an album. We need three album covers off you over the next over the next two or three years. I think that's may have what sold it to him in many respects. But um, but yeah, it was it was probably not until you know August September we said, "Look, I've come up with this idea. This is what we want to do." You know, it's got to have, we've got to have this, it's got X, Y, Z, we want this colour scheme, it's got to have this in it. And we need it in six weeks' time. Can you do it? And uh, we were kind of almost thinking, well, you know, that's a bit tight, really, because, you know, he's a really busy man and he's got a really, you know, hectic, booked-up schedule for 18 months in advance. And we were thinking, oh, you know, it could be difficult. But he managed to change, you know, fit us into his schedule, change it. I really bought into the the the, uh, the idea of what we were, we were trying to do. And um, yeah, thank God for that. And uh, he's come up with, with, in my opinion, the best album cover so far out of what we've, he's done. I think it's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, just to be involved in that kind of creative process, working with him, he's incredible. To have these kind of like ideas in your head, you know, what you want to achieve, and to send them over to him and say, look, yeah, this is what you want to do. And for him to come back with these sketches of that idea, and then you kind of involved over this kind of period of him producing it and, and sending you the roofs. It's just an, an incredible experience to be involved in that. And we're very, very thankful sure. that we've got him involved. And yeah, obviously he's going to be you know, with us for the next couple of albums as well until the end of this uh, wonderful experience that we're doing with, with, uh, with, uh, with Memoriam. We couldn't really use anybody else and we wouldn't want to either. Well, I mean, he's, like you said, Dan Seagrave's a little bit of a big deal in the death metal world. A couple of people have heard of him before. Um, so well, that's, when it, you, that's yeah. it, you know, that's it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's great to have him involved. When we first started also, out, when, yeah, we first it's, started, it's, when we first started out, Scott, we had our little first meeting where we ever, we ever sat down around a table and said, like, yeah, well, what, what would you want to achieve? What do you want? What do you want out of the band? You know, and I said, well, yeah quite nice to uh, do some some cover versions of some old punk rock classes classics that we you know that we like to do in the past you know and and you know i think you know people say oh, i'd like to play in this country and scott scott's one thing that he said that he wanted to achieve through doing memoriam was to have an album cover with dan seagrave so here we are four yeah, albums down this. the line and four covers by dan seagrave it's uh that is a big tick on the old bucket list. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it's always interesting to me to see how closely sort of the conceptual people behind the band work with the other people who help sort of craft the visual image of the band. So thinking about you and Dan Seagrave going back and forth about these lyrics and oh, these ideas, amazing, yeah. that's just yeah. really yeah. fascinating for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really from that kind of like that, that time, that scene where, you know, album covers are, yeah, was so important. Yeah, we, we, with the Thank previous you. bands, yeah, I've done. You know, I think you know artistically wise, it's, it's something that sets us apart from what we've ever, you know, the balance of the genre. And uh, yeah, I'll try and retain that with, with, with what we're yeah. doing now. It's, it's it's all about the the visceral, the touch, the see, the the album cover, and buying it and looking at and looking at all the detail that's in there. And uh, that's what's so important, I think, when you're buying a product. And yeah. it's it's not just the music; it's the artwork is is also you know in a, in many ways just as important. I think you know to kind of get that fit that fit. It's really important. Well, and and speaking of of you know artwork and and putting love into it and then also sort of the the visual appeal of things. One of the things that I noticed, I follow you on Twitter. Um, and are you still? So you you tie dye shirts, do you not? Is that- <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's tell me, that's tell me, tell me a little about that. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. Um, it kind of got was born out of a little kind of like COVID project yes. um, to keep my little girl busy because um, I've got I've got yeah I've got two couple of kids I've got a little lad that's seven and a little girl that's eight and uh, during March it was kind of like what are we going to do to keep them, them you know occupied so it was kind of like ah let's do some tie dyeing so we did, we tie dyed everything that was in the cupboards available you know all the vests <laughs> and the t shirts and, and things like that they had available and it was it, they looked really great. And then we kind of ran out of things to tie-dye. And I had in my garage some, some white memoriam T-shirts. We thought, you can do one of them for Daddy, you know. Yeah. Have a crack at doing that. And she did it. And I, and I thought, well, that, that looks quite good. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, well, we would you know, keep, the, keep the project going. Uh, so we did them for the band, the rest of the band. We just did, did just, you know, a small run of, uh, of about eight shirts for the, the rest of the band and the crew. And um, and that was it. Yeah, it was great. It kept us busy for a weekend. It was quite creative and quite nice because, you know, it, nothing comes out as you plan. And it's all different and uh, yeah, very colourful. Um, and so I posted these pictures on, on Twitter uh, of these, these these creations that we've made for just for our own personal kind of use. And um, the response I got was phenomenal. You know, it was absolutely my inbox was absolutely, absolutely overwhelmed with how do I get one of these? Okay. And, um, you know, as a result of that, it became a bit of a commercial venture. <laughs> and um, I think about 100, 100 tie-dye T-shirts later, I've just finally come to the end of the run of, of that design. You know, I think I might introduce another one next summer. But, yeah, yeah, yeah it's been incredible, you know, and it's just it's quite, yeah, it's quite good fun to do it. You know, it keeps the keeps yeah. kids occupied. And, um, yeah, I think it's just something really, really different to have as well, you know, because nothing, nothing yeah. really the same. So, yeah, it's been, it's been an inter- exciting and interesting journey with the old tie-dye. Um, we have a different, we put a different spin on death metal. <laughs> well, it is. It's it's sort of interesting to look like you. I figured that you were going to say it had something to do with lockdown or with COVID boredom or something like that. And it's interesting to look at what some of our favorite artists have done with this time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, obviously creating music is something that, that people have been doing, but not everybody feels inspired to do that all the time, especially when it's your job, right? So it's been really interesting to look at some of the other hobbies and other things. It is, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, obviously, obviously, if you follow me on Twitter, you've notice I've been drinking a lot of shitload of beer as well. I was just about to ask you, about, <laughs> what's, what's your beer criteria? Tell us a little bit about, like, what what makes a beer worthy of coming back to? For okay, quality? yeah, yeah. As I'm, I'm a big purveyor. Of, uh, of craft beer, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a global phenomenon, which is uh, incredible, you know, so many different, fantastic, interesting um, you know, craft brewers throughout the world, which, uh, which are emerging. I, I, my, my, I think my three main kind of criteria are that, A, it's got to be some kind of IPA. The, the Indian pale ale kind of like taste is the thing that kind of like floats my boat. It's got to have an ABV of, of, Plus five percent, you know, to, to 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 interest me. So it's got to be of a of a of the stronger nature. It's got to be it's got to be cloudy. It's got to be dark. It's got to be a cloud a cloudy kind of like consistency to interest me. It's got to have a stupid name as well. <laughs> or Such a, a ridiculous name, which, which so that those are really the main criteria that that's the, yeah. that interests me in a bit is is uh, the strength of it, uh, the cloudiness of it, the stupid name of it, and um, yeah, I mean it's great. It's, it's a global thing, and there's so many yeah. people that are into this across the world as well. You know, it, it kind of connects us in many ways. So uh, yes. huge American scene as well. There's a great stuff very much it. so. Yeah, you know, everybody's got one in their basement. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, and um, it's something that I might, I might, you know, if given the time, you know, might might move into myself at some point. I was going to ask: Has have you given any thought, or would you, if you were presented with the opportunity, do some sort of memoriam uh, craft yeah, beer? Absolutely. Like a lot of artists are sort of diversifying right now into different. It seems things. to be a thing that's that's happening. Yeah, if we got yeah. a decent, a reasonable offer, I think it's something we'd be. be uh, we'd have to contemplate. So, um, so yeah, definitely, definitely. So, uh, yeah, definitely. 
so and this is for my own edification right i haven't i i haven't had a beer in a very very long time but when i did drink beer one of my favorite things to do was to have it wash down a whole bunch of fried chicken oh yes yeah 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 What's what meal do you pair your beers with, Carl? Well, yeah, I mean, as as I live in um, in Birmingham, and yes. uh, we've got a very strong uh, sense uh, of connection with uh, Indian culture here in in yes. West Midlands. So, so uh, a nice strong curry really really complements uh, a really nice strong IPA as well. Indian pale ale and goes with an Indian curry as well. You know, the two things almost go hand in hand. I've just got to do one thing. So I'm going to put you on pause for a second. Stay there. Wait there. Just got to do one thing. All right. All right. I'm having the best time, bro. Just, he's so fun. I'm having the best time. Yeah, I really am. I'm just making sure. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just enjoying it. I'm just, it's great. He's great. Fucking, fucking Carl Willits, man. He's great. I just, yeah, I'm, yeah, he's just—he's just like hanging out in his office. Like he's just like us. He is just like us. He talks just like us. I, I don't—I just—I don't have anything to say. I mean, yeah, I do either. have a lot more stuff to say. But I, I'm just letting you take the reins because I'm just—I'm just fucking totally enjoying it. That's all. I, what a—what a cool motherfucker. Obviously, we'll say that again. But yeah. while we have this little intermission, what a cool dude. What a cool guy super cool guy he's like i feel like he could be like a scientist yeah i know right one of the things that i'm curious about like regarding his uh his lyrical process is like obviously war can be a metaphor for a lot of things and i think that on the surface it's it's a relatively easy here he is he's coming back yeah and that one thing was going for piss that's the thing with drinking beer it makes oh, you go for okay. piss quite often so uh couldn't concentrate no worries. <laughs> Couldn't concentrate on the last question. Yeah, so yeah, in, in Birmingham, yeah, we kind of like, yeah, there's a, a thing called the Balti Triangle where I live. You know, so it's very much an Indian, Pakistani kind of like, a, yeah, very hot, hot, spicy kind of like food. And, and that fits really, really well with, with the IPA. And I love that kind of food. That's, that's, that's uh, sets my taste buds on fire. <laughs> what about like the traditional like British cask? cask beer that you like you know that's warm and stuff that us americans don't know about well where does yeah. that rank there's plenty of stuff there's plenty of the, the old traditional brewers you know here in the west yeah. midlands there's absolutely hundreds of them that are kind of like um that kind of have that traditional kind of like cask ale kind of old school uh real ale kind of fit feel to it you know that's huge and yeah that's benefiting very much from from this resurgence it's a different thing in many respects this craft brew thing which sure. is you know very much in, influenced by you know kind of like uh you know new england style hops and things like that, you know and, and, and kind of got different it's got a diff- very very different taste but you know there is um the whole campaign for real ale which is a big thing in the uk um is 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 doing really really well i mean ironically you know the whole structure of, of public houses in the uk is is on its knees right now with the impact of covid um same here yeah we absolutely it's the the, the the effect it's having on the hospitality industry uh is is who knows what's going to happen at the end of it and who's going to survive you know, gig venues as well you know it's, it's all, all hand in hand so um so I think, yeah, it's really important to once it, we kind of like, it's my excuse anyhow, that once uh, uh, the COVID kind of like uh, things, restrictions kind of like ease down, that we go and engage with these establishments and give them our support as much as possible. I think we should all do that. It's our, it's, it's our duty as human beings on the planet to go and drink as much beer as we possibly can. <laughs> you, heard <it> <laughs> you, you heard it here first, listeners. <laughs> One of this has been an awesome conversation, man. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. We at the at towards the end of these conversations, we have one big question that we like to ask all of our guests. This is going to be a particularly probably difficult question for you, given where you're from and given your heritage. But we're going to hit you with it anyway. Are you ready, Zach? You want to do the honors? Yes. Carl, yes, man. It's been a pleasure to hear from you and talk to you. We appreciate you on here. But this is an important question. Born from this being my favorite band, I always ask every podcast guest this: What is your favorite Black Sabbath record? And you can take as much time as you need to think That's about that. Hard, is, hard, um, hard question. 
that is is is, is an incredibly difficult one to define because there's so many absolutely fantastic um so many Black Sabbath uh, formed an important part of of, uh, of my life. Yeah, coming from Birmingham in particular, you know, it's it's really hard. It to be, right? But yeah, I am a very strong believer of the early uh, early stuff. It's always got to be the stuff for me. You know, I don't. I'm not a big follower of the Dio stuff. The years. That's not really what I think Sabbath are about for me. So I, I'd say that uh, Symptom of the Universe. You know, Sweet Leaf. All the things off Volume Four. The early stuff. Is is really by far the greatest stuff that uh, that Sabbath ever did, you know, and um, you know, it's great. It, it, it still kind of resonates so strongly to this day that the music they they created back then, course, and yeah. it's incredible, you know, that it came from just just down the road from where I come from. Yeah, whenever I get asked a question, like you see on on Facebook and social media, you know, um, name a band, name a band. Uh, from they have a metal band from the town that you come from. Just respond and say, "Yeah, Black Sabbath, I win." Yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, Black Sabbath, I win. It's <laughs> that's it. There's no response to that, is there? There is no response to that. <laughs> well, I would imagine they would have to have just a, a huge impact on your lyrical content and the direction you chose to go in, based on you know war pigs and everything from. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to, to be honest, you know, I'm, that's not really where my um, original kind of like um, kind of like heritage came from. Yeah, because I'm from that kind of old punk kind of scene. That's what inspired okay. me. So I kind of got to into Sabbath a little bit later on. You know, into my into my kind of like musical kind of like heritage. Yeah, you know, into my kind of I came for this kind of punk, anarcho punk, hardcore kind of edge to it. Yeah, it was only later on, you know, uh, once I got into met the more metal side of thing that I kind of got to uh, embrace the whole um, Black Sabbath thing and appreciate it for what it was. And uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's something that I'm really quite proud of now. You know, and uh, it's. Uh, it's great to be from Birmingham and part of the heritage of Black Sabbath. Yeah. You, you, you're every every time I end up in a conversation about bands from Birmingham, your name comes up, and I would not have it any other way, man. Thank you so much for everything you've done over the years. We absolutely love Memoriam. We're looking forward to seeing how that new record does, and I hope that you guys. I know you're not going out on the road, but I definitely hope to see some live. Uh, okay. some live stuff on YouTube from you in the future. Yeah, well, it's, it's starting to roll through now on a quite uh, quite busy uh, process, especially today, considering we, we've just regained control of our Facebook site, which we lost six months Ooh. ago. We lost, I, I lost it. I lost it. I, um, I managed to delete everyone's admin control. And, um, yeah, so so we managed to get that back just, just the other day. So from... We, we built it back and we you know, put a separate site up and we managed to get about four about three thousand four thousand followers but now we've got our original site back with twenty nine thousand followers so uh yeah we're gonna be hitting that big style i have got one question for you guys though yeah, i always do this at the end of an interview it's interesting for me um because our album our new album is is, is so diverse and we haven't really kind of like um gone into detail or depth about the actual specific plot songs during this interview, which is fine. Um, what I like to know, I like to ask people is, what is your specific track off the new album that you like the most? Zach, you want to go first or you want me to take it? Failure. I was going to say failure to comply. comply. I was going to say failure to comply too. As soon as I as soon as I found out yeah. that that was going to be released as a yeah. as a single, I was like, it's, it's a perfect. Yeah, I wonder I why I liked it. Yeah, just a yeah. nice old school kick in the teeth. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean that, that, that is so grounded in reality as well. Yeah. Well, and it's it's a. I feel like it's such a. It's definitely got its own thing going on, but at the same time, I feel like it's a really great encapsulation of what the whole record is doing. Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it means a lot to me that song as well. You know, maybe it says a lot about sure. my how I stand and in my philosophy on, on life in general. Which, as you yes. know, I'm not scared to pontificate about. As indeed, and that's part of, why we love, part of why we love you, man. Good, good, good. That's interesting to hear. Yeah, I ask that question to everyone. Everyone virtually, virtually everyone comes back with a different answer, and it's really interesting. Yeah. To and for me, from my perspective, uh, writing that album, it just shows that that, that, that I say it's diverse, and there's uh -huh. different things. 
it's bang on because there's so many different guys, there's different people like different things in different ways and that's really what it's all about and I'm really really pleased about that quite proud of what we've done so uh, thank, thank you very you. much for your time gentlemen it's been thanks very nice to talk to you this well, evening great and, great to uh, meet you best of luck with everything take care excellent I shall send you the interview on we transfer within the next 30 minutes Awesome. We'll be looking for it. Thanks again, yes, man. Sir. Have a great night. Peace out. Awesome, brothers. Take care. You too, man. You too. All right, let's see. Good. That was so awesome, though, dude. Like, he was so awesome. What a good dude! <laughs> he, he's the, the best. I was just cracking up, dude, the whole time. I was so just giddy that he was on here getting drunk yes. and just talking like yeah having a having a, a nice cloudy beer like man i there's something about that fucking brummy accent and just the realness and honesty of the dude that like you know i i love i absolutely love the guy i love the interviews that i've seen him do in the past he seems like such a personable guy um very relatable and also very humble about the art that he's created and getting to confirm that in an actual conversation is very gratifying for me and he was just so generous with his information and just how he yeah. just talked and answered questions i just i really didn't want to fucking like interrupt them and fuck fuck it up you know I, so yeah i know he and it's awesome that he had so much to say right like i yeah. i feel like the majority of that was was him talking which is cool because i think i think that um it's it's interesting for me always to sort of see the relationship between the artist and the art that they create. But when it comes to somebody who really puts a lot of thought into that relationship and that process, and you can tell that like as he talks about it, recollecting past experiences with writing and sort of things sure. like that, that he's he's really thought about this relationship before instead of having to sort of come up with something on the fly. Um, and the guy's been doing this so fucking long that I think it's really cool to, to hear about that process from somebody who's definitely got a formula down, you know? Definitely. And what I wanted to ask him had I got the chance, but he's such a positive dude that I would think this has to be this, his writing process is super therapeutic for him because he's obviously sure. so in tune with like the yeah. current state of the world and politics and that shit can get you down. And admittedly, that's why I don't really pay too much attention to it. So for yeah. him to be so in tune and so positive, just like everything he puts into all this, you can tell that's like his heart and soul and it has to be therapeutic. Yeah, definitely. And I, I also think that it's interesting that he made a point to say like this new trilogy of records is sort of like a turning point away from the darker, more morose shit that has sort of been underpinning the last three records or the first three records, you know? So it'll be interesting to see what um what hope looks like in the lyrical content of a of a death metal record of this caliber i'll be i'll be very stoked to find out we're excited about it man that was very great excited. you did great that was it was it was a great time it I was really, a great I time it, I did it today what a good dude let's carry this positivity into our weekend we will i'm gonna crank that failure to comply single like all day dude, that shit rips that yeah. shit fucking rips that is that is a kick in the face that i needed classic old school shit Love it. I love Bolt Thrower too. I'm just gonna throw that in there. The I end. love Memoriam. I love Bolt Thrower. I love shit that rules. I feel yes. like that's something that we need to be able to say. We love shit that rules. <laughs> just talking out of my ass. We love shit that rules on this podcast. I want things that are good to entertain me. Kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. I love you. Yes, sir. Love you too, man. Have a good break. Uh, have a good weekend. We will be in touch. Yeah, I'm going to text you. We're gonna Peace get out. Bye. Yeah.